Doug and Marty versus the World is sponsored and paid for by Marty McClendon, Doug Bassler, and Prologue Digital Advertising Agency. Round one, go. Oh, I'm feeling so, so very adventurous this week. Uh, this is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon's Doug and Marty versus the world. And I'm my interest is peak, brother. Why? Well, I, I did something I've never done before. And you would think that a person who's run for Congress several times and been politically active uh, for about a decade or so <laughs> would have done this. But I actually got in my vehicle and I drove to Olympia and I testified in front of a committee. You Can did. you believe it? I did it, brother. It wasn't wow. that hard. And it was, you know, I mean, it's have you have you done that? I've done that. Yeah. In Olympia, yeah so it's and- kind of it's kind of nervous, right? I yeah. mean, you're you're like, oh, what am I, you know, because you don't think they want to hear what you have to say. Well, they definitely didn't want to hear what I had to say, brother. What'd but there's this. Say? Well, there's a house house bill one, three, three, three. Uh, they tried to get two six, 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 but apparently that wasn't available. Uh, 1333, uh, basically creates a, uh, a, a ministry of truth for Washington. Are you serious? So they, they're going to combat, uh, what they call, uh, you know, extreme ism kind mm-hmm. of, uh, domestic terrorism, and they specifically called out Matt Shea. They specifically called out the three percenters. And uh, the Anti-Defamation League got in there and just defamed everybody. Isn't it funny how what they're against is what they do? I, I they never, do. I, unbelievable. Yeah. So um, there was a lot of testimony, pro and con. Good. Okay. Uh, they did allow Zoom. So you people in uh, Spokane, Tri-Cities, whatever, you can testify as well uh, by telephone and by Zoom. And so that is, you know, if, if there is one thing that I think is a real positive uh, result of this unlawful, unconstitutional COVID lockdowns is that we now have this ability to uh, do our testifying by, you know, this Chinese communist platform known as Zoom, which we are using <laughs> to record the uh, radio show. Which but, is uh, funny, <laughs> funny, though, this was actually something that was been pushed by both Democrats and Republicans trying to get remote testimony for years. We're told it couldn't be done. And then they're proven wrong. To your point, that's the silver lining, if you will. Yes. So access. Yeah. So I so there was several people, including our friend Tambourine Borelli, that that uh, called in or whatever came in remotely. Uh, but I felt like it was important that I go get a get a feel. You know, sometimes just being in the atmosphere, being in the in the place where God wants you to be, to go down there and be salty and get all lit up, right? Salt and light, right? City on right. a hill and all that stuff. Um, so I got in there and, uh, you know, I'm just like, wow, I'm taking notes on, um, you know, Washington leads away in white supremacy. And it was all about white supremacy. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's weird because I watch the news like pretty much every day and I haven't seen any, uh, race related, uh, crimes here in Washington state at all. <laughs> so, right, um, right. I, I, then I did a little research and I found out that there was, uh, between 2001 and 2019, there were 85, uh, identified uh, hate crime based on race in the entire country. <laughs> oh, wow. to, the whole country. Okay. Yeah. So that's that would be five a year. Okay. For the uh, whole country. Correct. 
Okay. And so, um, yeah. And so the five a year, that means that, you know, if you had one in a state, then there's 45 states. So there's no hate crimes at all. I, again, so we're using a nuclear bomb to kill mosquitoes. Right. Yeah. Um, and then and obviously this is a, a power, a power play. This is a you know, yes. we want to criminalize uh, speech. We want we don't want people to say things. And they brought up things, brother, like. If you if you're against masks and vaccines, then then you're an extremist. If you uh, don't like critical race theory, then you're an extremist. If you don't if you call uh, uh, comprehensive sex ed grooming, you are an extremist. Right. So this didn't have anything to do with the truth. It gets shut down. Right. It didn't have anything to do with uh, let's attack people of a certain ethnicity. So, um, yeah. Anyway, brother. So you get the point. So I get up there and I said, uh, I represent, I said, I represent a, a, a group of people who suffers incredible discrimination, intimidation, uh, loss of opportunity, uh, bullying. Uh, I'm part of a group uh, that, that suffers this simply because of my gender, uh, my sexual orientation, my ethnicity, and my religion. And uh, I am a white male cisgender heterosexual christian i love it and and uh brother i got emails i got texts i got phone calls and phone messages from people i didn't even know people were watching this thing online and they're like you speak for me we are you and i brother are the most we're, it's okay to attack us because we are white, because we are Christian, because we are men, you know, we're the, the patriarchy and stuff like that. Yet I get, I get a bid from the city of Tacoma. A th- so I get the, I'm on the bid list, right? Cause I have this advertising agency. I make commercials and I do mm-hmm. videos and I'm looking for stuff if they need advertising, they need video, you know, so I get, you know, please send me your, your uh, requests for uh, uh, proposals, RFPs. And I get this one and it's not an RFP. It's just a notice that we're giving money. We're giving we have grants for you for small businesses like you, especially but but only if you're BIPOC. Yes. So you have yeah. to be black, indigenous, people of color, BIPOC, yes. right? right? So I am excluded from that grant p- program mm-hmm. based mm-hmm. on my ethnicity, based on the color of my skin. And mm-hmm. that's illegal. That's in violation of federal law. Uh, yep. you know, even when it comes to education, like the UW Medical School, one of the best in the nation. You know, not supposed to have quotas, but they have quotas, right? If you happen to be, there's a, a certain slots for white people, certain slots for white males. doesn't matter, right? So you can be the best of the best, but you now have a small percentage. They have to have room for people of color, people, women, whatever it may be. It's like, this has gone too far. You're right. It is. I haven't seen a white male doctor for years, brother. I will discriminate against those that are white male and Christians, to your point. And before we go any farther, remember, do you remember about a year ago or less, it's hard to tell, it all runs together anymore, is at the national level. They, they declared a new ministry of truth. It wasn't the ministry of truth, but it was like the false information, whatever it is. And they brought on this woman to be ahead of it and realized that she is was terrible. They had video after video after video of her scary, being racist. Scary Poppins. See, exactly right. And so they basically fired her to kind of withdrew this thing. But I said on the radio show, I'm not sure if you remember, I said, look, they won't do it there, but they'll do it at the state level, at the local level. That's what they always do. If they can't ram it through at the state level, they'll go to the county levels. So here we have in Washington State pushing something that the nation 
rallied against and said, this is ridiculous, right? But well, if you, little if, old Washington, here we go, right? Exactly. And I'll, I'll tell you something. Uh, if you want freedom of speech, you better start talking. Mm-hmm. You better start talking and you better start talking right now because the consent of the governed, if you recall, we talked about it on this program a couple of years ago, Jay Inslee said, well, uh, the lockdowns must be okay because the people are consenting by complying. Right. And so we've been taught, you know, incorrectly Romans 13, um, Romans 13 literally says in the original language, when you have a good and just and godly government to rebel against it would be sinning against God. But the Mm -hmm. rest of the entire Bible is a record of unjust tyrannical governments that people stood up against. You know, why did Daniel go upstairs when he knew there was a decree? You're only supposed to pray to the king and open up his windows and pray in public where everybody could watch him. Right. (laughs) Why did he do that? Why did he face the lions? Why did Paul uh, you know, do what he did. And, you know, and he said, don't be ashamed of me. Don't be ashamed of my chains. They're wrong. Right. I'm right. Everybody right. knows I'm in here because of the gospel, not because I'm an, an evil doer. Right. I and would so, worship uh, God, not listen yep. to the anti-God rules, if you will. Right. Yeah. So I just, you know, I just remember Psalm two and I try to get, do what, what I see my father doing because he looks down from heaven and laughs at them. <laughs> And uh, just like that, brother, ha, 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 we just laugh at, we laugh at you, we mock you. We're not going to shut up. We're not going to go away. Well, then, of course, our, our, um, our friend Matt got on and they're called the three percenters. White it's, you know, I don't know if you've checked out the three percenters lately, brother, but they have uh, black guys in there. Oh, and they had black guys in there before. I mean, yeah, I'm, they, I'm they've like, had them from the beginning. They yeah. have Mexican guys, uh, Native Americans. Fact, one of the founders <laughs> was a man of color, a black. Yes. Man. Exactly, yes. Right? And uh, so uh, you can just call anybody anything. And that's what I was thinking. I'm thinking, well, whatever. And I, I just, you know, they gave me 90 seconds, which actually, you know, three times more time than I usually get, because I usually get 30 seconds making commercials and all. But, uh, you know, you don't get to say a lot. But I, I, I was thinking, well, you know, I would like to ask them, how many crimes are we talking about? You know, because right. I watch, right. I watch the news. I, I get the, you know, on the, on my phone and whatever. I'm not seeing a, a lot of white supremacist marches, and I don't see the Ku Klux Klan. And if I did, I know they'd all be Democrats. Um, <laughs> well, so, they always were, right? This they is, always were. The truth, right? There's little, That's there's true. little doubt. It says in one article I read that the yes. Ku Klux Klan was closely affiliated with the Democratic Party. And so, it was. Uh, yeah. So, so this isn't this brother, isn't something we're making up. Um, circle back around. And I know you and I know this, um, but for our listening audience that may be younger than we are or don't remember or have been told mistruths about it, but this idea of a ministry of truth, where did that come from? Well, I mean, they don't call it a ministry. I know. They just just call it a commission to prevent, you know, domestic extremism and uh, domestic terrorism. Hate speech and whatever, right? Domestic violent extremism is what they call it, DVE. Um, but they're, but then they want to, and this is the, this is where it gets interesting. And I'm using the the word interesting in an interesting way, brother, Mm -hmm. but it gets interesting because they said, well, the federal government has defined terrorism, but we don't think it goes far enough because we think that speech is violence, right? So they're they're, there. That's the nub. 
right? We're going to, right. and we're going to use every legal thing. And this thing is, is, uh, been recommended and, um, uh, is coming forward because of a recommendation from Washington state attorney general, Bob Ferguson, right? BF man. There's always wow. a, B, there's always a BF in here somewhere. Uh, so Think about uh, this, we saw this coming for years and for those that, you know, it was the aggressions, it was the, um, the hate speech, the microaggressions where you don't even have to have to say the wrong words, but that's the way you carry out. They're somehow hurt. How do we get a generation of people that were, uh, you know, they were physically feel wounded by someone's words. The whole idea of freedom of speech is freedom to speak the words you don't like. The freedom yeah, of speech is the speech. You don't need yeah. to protect. You don't need to protect pop, pop popular speech. You only need to protect unpopular speech, brother. Uh yeah. Well, there you go. Stating the obvious again. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Well, maybe, yeah. Maybe you could it, get a job in one of those uh, Travelocity commercials or something. In, yeah, no kidding. That'd be fun. Yeah, it, I have the beard for it now. Come on. Yes. You know, uh, <laughs> All you need is the captain uniform, and you could be go. Who are you? I'm Captain Obvious. I'm Captain Obvious. I love it. No, seriously though, uh, until, unless we push back, you know, and we're talking to our listeners, um, thank you for going down there. That's awesome. It feels good to do the right thing, as you uh, told a, a pr other friend of ours as well. But this right there, they'll keep pushing this. It's a form of control. With, um, when they said that the, the, our entire way of living would now never be the same at, uh, during COVID, they were right. We're not the same not just, just the Zoom opportunities, but the fact that they have the power, they've seen that we will comply as a large majority of the population did to force vaccines, to shutting down churches, to whatever. This is that next step. We're gonna, we're gonna control not only your movement to and fro or what you eat, but also what you think and what you say. We're gonna try to control, we're conditioning the kids in school, grooming, if you will, on TV, constant barrage, but then also, if you have an opposing opinion, we're gonna call it something like hate speech and legislate against it. It's the idea of conformity, right? Communism. Thought, thought police, yeah. yeah. This is a, it's a totally a Marxist thing. Um, and that's that's what they're attempting to do. So, um, can anything good come out of 2020 and following lockdowns? And, you know, uh, obviously I was, uh, extremely vocal in my opposition, all this stuff and, and through my actions and you as well. Mm -hmm. um, but some good has come from it. And I think the good that's come from it is that you have an entire uh, movement now that says never again, that mm -hmm. is, has, has, you know, become more aware, you know? So when you see the other person's motive, and what they're after, then you can you can take action. And so all is revealed right now. They are sexualizing our children, our babies. I mean, our little babies in kindergarten and in you know grade school. And, you know, I would dare say middle school and high school. And, you know, we have. You know, thousands. Uh, hundreds of abortions every day, thousands every week. Mm -hmm. We have um, America has now been called the worst. Or, or or the the worst offender in in human trafficking in the world is the United States of America, right? And it's because of our affluence, right? So we have mm -hmm. there's people with money and they want to you know have a sex slave or whatever, mm -hmm. and so they're trafficking. 
uh, our border is a disaster. And, mm. and yet, you know, people are not deterred. They're, they're uh, you know, the, the people of, of America, there's, there is that division that is happening. And, and I believe that that was what the Lord told me back in 2020, that he was, he was making a distinction and he was, um, def, you know, defining this, this idea that you can be a Christian and be a coward. It's, it's not biblical. Nope. The, nope. the first one in the lake of fire in revelation 21 is the cowards. There's no place for cowardly in the Bible. And yet we've taught people that that's okay. You know, be shy about your faith, be, you know, be, be a little scaredy cat and, you know, just give money and come to church and, and whatever. And I don't even know why. I mean, it's doctrines of demons. It's yeah. doctrines of demons. We yeah, should be Joshua. strong. We should be Joshua one nine, right? Be strong right. and very courageous. Yep. Not fearful or dismayed. It says fear not all throughout. Right. Come on. This, I love it. So speaking of which I want it, this ties together. Did you hear the story of Ivan? Provorov. First of all, he's a hockey player. He's Russian. I did. He's he's a hero, is what yes. he is, and he's not even an evangelical. No, right? But he's a Russian story, Orthodox guy, right? Right. Well, he's a Christian, but yeah, the Orthodox guy, and his an entire NHL right was going to wear these Pride flags, rainbow, and he was rainbow he, jersey, rainbow jersey, you know, to celebrate Pride and whatever uh, the LGBTQ things. And he did, he refused to wear it. And they all got up in stinking arms. So whatever, because you know how the NBA is as well. But this is the NHL. And his response to the reporter was very succinct. He goes, look, you do what you want to do. You know, he goes, you choose to believe what you do. I choose to believe in my Christian beliefs. And so um, there you go. Yeah, at that. It was easy. But they're all up at arm because he's choosing uh, to say, no, I'm standing firm for my faith. And I'm not to do this. So what is happens? What happens? He's a hero. You said it yourself. His jersey. No one's heard of this guy except for the people that are on the team, maybe right, and the local fans has sold out. They can't. They, they don't have any more because people are supporting this guy's stand for his religious freedom in a sport. That's what will happen when people are of courage. They encourage other people to step up and be courageous as well. To your point, you know, a simple act of defiance here yes there's gonna be pushback but there's lots of support so what we have to do is we have to come around and support those that are standing up and doing the right thing so i think it's cool it's awesome you know the in proverbs it says do not follow the crowd in doing evil right mm -hmm. and um i remember reading that as a as a young christian back in the 70s and you know uh i was like okay uh you know just a lot of the proverbs you don't you know you see them you know, the immoral woman and different, different things like that. And then when you run into it, you realize, oh, this is that, you know, they, they talk about a mob, you know, what, what's the problem with a mob is a mob has no conscience. A mob feels uh, that it is an anarchy situation. Mm -hmm. And so when you become part of a mob, you're going to find yourself doing things that you're probably going to regret. And so when the NHL, never do it. yeah, yeah, yeah. But when the NHL rushes as a mob, to do this thing. And why did the other players, because I'm pretty certain that he was not the only Christian in the NHL. Where, where were the other Christians? Well, you know, if I do that, I might get fired. I might, mm -hmm. get, I might lose this big paycheck. I I'm assuming NHL players are paid something. 
Are they are they high paid, brother? I don't know anything about hockey. I, I, don't I can't know even I, I can't even follow it. I went to see a Kings game in L.A. like 15 years ago, and I didn't know who had the puck. And so it was a very hard game for me to, you know, <laughs> occasionally, you know, a, a are fight, you an ice skater by the way? Or, um, I can. Yes, so can I. If I, I have to. <laughs> my friend growing up in uh, junior high and grade school, uh, what was on the Olympic alternate team as a hockey player. I never played hockey, but I always amazed me on what they could do on skates. Just crazy. <laughs> they could basically play football on skates. It's just pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And they got, and they're geared up for it. Just like football players too. They got yeah. their helmets and their pads and yeah, that's why when they fight, it's so funny because how are you going to supposed to hit anything? You know, you get these big the gloves come off, right. And they flail, right. but are you're hitting his pads and helmets and whatever. Um, but it's all part of the excitement. You know, I went to a, a fight the other night. I went out to the fights of the night and a hockey game broke out. So, right. right. Um, <laughs> no, no, it was uh, that, that right there. And then, you know, I don't know. I, I got the uh, DVD of the movie super spreader uh, with Sean Foyt. And uh, I watched it and I thought, Lord, have I done anything for you in my entire life? Have I made this guy, you know, before he went to Seattle, Portland, yes. L.A., uh, St. Louis, New York, Boston, so on with with this this open air thing. And, you know, I'm a fan of open air, boy. I love yes, it. You are. Yep. And um, he he was going to North Korea. He was going to. Iran. He was going to Iraq. I mean, this dude was going to Afghanistan and doing yeah. this stuff. So he, you know, he was like, if God is for me, I'm going to do this. And, uh, and it was so amazing to watch his wife talk about, you know, the struggle that she went through because even when they were doing, when they were doing Iran and Iraq and mm -hmm. Afghanistan and North Korea and all this stuff going into these hard places, Mm -hmm. Everybody loved them. They were heroes. They liked them. Oh, you guys are so wonderful because they didn't have to go. Right. They'd have to right. be part of it. Like, right. we'll give you money. We'll let you go. Oh, we love you guys. We love your music, your worship. You know, he's writing songs with, uh, you know, Chris Tomlin and stuff and, you know, got a record deal. And when they started doing the, the let us worship, all of a sudden they were not liked. And the trolls yeah. came out of the woodwork and you're just, you're just egotistical building your brand. And, and she's begging him to stop. We got to stop. We got to stop. But she says, but deep inside, I know this is God that we have to do this. And it isn't about being popular. It isn't about being liked. It's about doing what God tells us to do. It's like, you can see this, uh, this evolution of her, you know, of what it takes. You see, this is what it takes to live for Jesus. I read it in the Bible this morning in second Timothy. It said, and all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Mm -hmm. Now, does that mean everybody except Marty? No, <laughs> it means everybody. Does that mean everybody except Susie? No, Susie, if you want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, you're going to suffer persecution. So, as my friend Robert Slayerton once said, take all the persecution they throw at you. 
scrape it together in a great big pile, climb up on top of it and preach from it because they act like they're not listening, but they're all listening. <laughs> so I like, I like that. <laughs> That's a, a great mental picture of yes. taking all those uh, and using it. I love it. That's really, really good, brother. So with the start of the show, obviously, testimony, people can do it. We've always encouraged our listeners that, that do something to get out engaged, get engaged, right? The story of Sean Foyt, we both met him. Um, obviously, that's amazing, but you can't compare his story with your story. You know, God's called you to something. And of course, you could spend a week and a half of shows just talking about how God's met you in your life and done amazing things. You know, I only know probably... 60% of the stories, I'm sure, you know, and, and I'm just somehow blown away, right? Well, that's well, the 60% you're involved in. <laughs> right? <laughs> Probably true. Uh, but some of the stories in, in the past, in, and I know in my own life, there's things that are like, okay, only God could have done that. God gets the glory. Uh, it's it's amazing. But same thing for our listeners. There, there are, there's different callings, different anointings, if you will, different places, but everybody can do something because you're here for a purpose. Which we're always talking about, you know, yes, we talk sound about, like James O'Keefe, be yeah. brave, do something brave. Mm -hmm. right. And that's yeah. uh, those little steps of faith. You know, I'm listening to an, an old uh, series of messages. You, you, you mentioned it when I, we, we first yep. jumped on the, the call together today. Oh, was that Lester Summerall? Yes. I'm listening to Lester Summerall teach on faith. And um, it's the, the thing about faith is it can grow. Your faith can grow. Your faith needs to grow. Uh, there's a, a Bible verse that Smith Wigglesworth grabbed to, onto about ever-increasing faith. Our faith should be increasing. It should be getting bigger. So what we, how do we do that, Marty? We take the little step. Mm -hmm. We go testify at the city council. We zoom in to Olympia and we, you know, we testify and we just do it. We just try. And everybody stumbles. Everybody get. I was brother i'm on the radio every week mm -hmm. i i i'm on tv i've run for and i was nervous okay so if yeah. i'm nervous anybody's going to be nervous for to put this in perspective we're not trying to scare anybody away this is true though anybody can do it like doug said it on radio tv run for office i've been statewide i've been on uh, stages of you know 100 people to a thousand people to five thousand people you know and not really nervous and in fact, we know the majority of the people that were probably on the panel that you were testifying before, or at least know of them. Uh, and still, when you do that, it's nerve wracking. I, I, get, I get all like, whoa, this is nervous, right? Because it's important, right? And you should take it as a sign like this is the right thing to be doing. Take a deep breath, obviously pray, but do it, you know, do it scared as Doug says, right? Yeah, if it doesn't scare you, it's probably not the will of God. There we go. Just, uh, they keep saying that, uh, you know, and, and that, you know, that's not necessarily true. But, you know, I mean, I was scared when I got married. Right. But I knew it was the will of God. I was scared when I became a father. But mm -hmm. I, I figured it out. It took me five kids, but I figured it out, brother. Just keep <laughs> well, your mouth. Not. Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> you know? I'm a little bit uh, faster learner with only three kids. Right. Re Re read your five. read your Bible. You know, uh, so, but I mean, you know, that, that those things are the will of God too. have a job, you know, mm -hmm. make money, support your family, um, you know, raise up your children the way they should go. You know, that's what I, I tell my wife that I'll, you know, when we talk about, you know, the kids that have, they're over here and they're, you know, well, they're human and they're, they're exploring their freedom and all that kind of stuff. And we get that, but I look at her and I say, honey, 
the Bible says, raise them up in the way they should go. And they will not, they, when they're older, they will not depart from it. And we raised them right. We weren't perfect, but we did it right. And we need to start standing on the Bible instead of what we feel and get all weird and yep. all that yep. stuff. And so that's the same thing with just being involved in our communities right now. And so I think the people that listen to Doug and Marty versus the world are a different caliber of people. You wouldn't listen to a show like this if you were a scared little kitty, right? I mean, it's just not, that's not the kind of show this is. And so we're not necessarily, we understand that to a, a large degree, those of you that listen to us, you are brave and you are doing something and you are trying things. And I want to encourage you to um you know what what paul said i love that i love the two epistles to timothy and the one to titus because he says you know the things you learn from me sh share it with other people and so mm -hmm. that's the thing i want to say to our listeners today the stuff that you're hearing from me and marty share that with other people uh get other people to listen to if you should listen to these guys or you know why don't we do something you know i think we should serve god i think we should just i think we should just go for it and, and you and I have had, had the joy over the many years of meeting people that just got started, right? And they're uh -huh. so excited. They're like, wow, I didn't even die or anything, you know? And they're <laughs> so excited. And now what else can I do, right? And so that's what we call when I say your, your faith can grow. As you yes. are obedient, as you step out, as you begin to do stuff, you're going to say, oh, this is okay. I can do this. You know, the whole idea of sowing and reaping as well and compound interest is like you're applying faith to faith. It's funny. You take a small mustard seed of faith to start, right? You see the results of that faith, which grows your faith some more, and you apply some greater amount of faith to it. It's, it's like this return is you can't outfaith God, if you will, right? You gotta, it gives you capacity for more. And it's one of those things that it, it, how you grow it, right, is continually trust God, to lean in more, to trust him for more. And as he asks more from you, you trust him more, right? Uh, it is amazing. And then you see people on fire. I mean, meaning they're excited. They're coming alive. They're, they found out who they're supposed to be in Christ, uh, Jesus. And they, they're like, they're a different person. Honestly, we've seen the look on their face, uh, the activity and how they have like this almost indefatigable energy, right? Where you're like, where'd that come from? They don't want to do more. And that's what we want to encourage everybody, right? That there's something about that. When you ran for office and when I ran for office, there's no time in our normal day. We have work, we have family, we have all the other commitments and there's no extra time. But when you make time and you're in God's will, it's amazing how you can actually find it and get energy doing it. You're like, wow. And then when it's over, you're like, where did I find the time? <laughs> you know, there was like this increase, this capacity to do more in, in less time, you know, without being too stressed. And, and just don't whenever there's something important in your life brother i think you'll agree with me there's always an opportunity for an excuse mm. to not do it there's always an excuse i gotta work it's not convenient there's there's something that you can grab you could do it but even in doing it you know i should be there right now i should be doing that right now i'm here i'm here and we begin to train ourselves to be cowardly or whatever by by excuses. So don't let ex, don't let excuses keep you from this this thing that Marty's talking about here. Being able to do you know to do that thing, and you know we, I've said this uh, you know a hundred times. God can't steer a parked car. 
So if you're if once you get moving, yeah, you might think, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And then you realize, ooh, that's not really it. That's but all of a sudden now, oh, it's over here. It's beside it. And the Lord is able to kind of guide you because you have some momentum now. So I think a lot of that's just the, you know, the, the courage to get started. You know, early in the broadcast, I mentioned James O'Keefe. Yes, Brother, you did. did you see the video that he released uh on Thursday? Uh, with the Pfizer executive. Did you see that yet? No, I did not. Tell me about it. Okay. So this Pfizer executive on hidden camera is talking about how Pfizer is uh, it's uh, go to projectveritas.com, everybody and, and jump on this and look at it for yourself. But basically all these things that we think they're doing, they're doing, they, they, he was talking about, well, we're, we're doing this thing where we, you know, we can't wait for the virus to mutate. So we're mutating it so we can be ahead of the vaccines. And the, the person talking to him is like, well, that sounds like gain of function. Well, it's not gain of function. That's not what we tell the public. It's it's a directed evolution is what <laughs> it is. Yeah. So, so in other words, if we just call it something else, we're good. We're off the hook. And like, um, like Fauci, right No, it wasn't gain of function. Well, what is and then. Rand Paul went through the definition of what gain of function is, which is exactly what they were doing, introducing, right, uh, this virus, making it again that's susceptible to human transmission when it wasn't, came from a bat, right? So, wow. So they've admitted this on, well, obviously recorded, right? Yeah. And uh, then they, the other, there's two other things that I think were um, really ast astonishing. Uh, first was he flat admitted that that coronavirus came from a lab in Wuhan. He said it. Well, we know we know what happened. So we have to be really careful because we don't want what happened what happened there where, when this thing got out of the Wuhan lab. I mean, he says it. Wow. So obviously they know. Yes. And then um, and then thirdly, they're talking about, you know, this is a cash cow and everything else. And the guy says, well, what about the government regulators? And he goes, oh, the regulators aren't a problem because when they get done regulating, they all want to come work for us. Yeah. And so they don't regulate hard because they can get a board position or right. a, get or whatever. And get, dollars. They, yeah. get, they can get bank by not by letting them slide. Well, we and know so, it's funny the NIH, right, which is supposed to keep the CDC in control is run by Fauci's wife. Fauci's, and they're getting um, dollars. He won't disclose his amount of money he gets from these back. You know, the Pfizer, Moderna, and all stuff as well uh, have a financial interest in making the billions and billions of dollars of, of forced vaccinations and COVID testing and all that kind of stuff. And then you add into that. And then they, this, you forgot yeah. they have, they have completely, uh, they're completely immune from prosecution when they hurt. Yeah. And, you know, these, these NFL players dropping dead again this week, another one, mm -hmm. right? Yep. The, the, at one point, at some point in time, even the mainstream media has to take notice of how many healthy young athletes are dropping dead from heart disease. And it's, it's tied to, they can't say, oh, it's not that. But to your point, though, this, this billions and this, this, this connection between this control, the non-testing that's been coming out in the parliament, between Pfizer executive and the parliament there as well. We know that was rushed onto us. And we know that when it was passed out that they were held, like you said, you can't prosecute them. So they're legally safe unless the, the Congress does something about it. Um, people are dying. This is this is not a game. And yet that, that, that this video or sound recording that James O'Keefe did 
um, with them openly admitted it, I'm, I'm curious what's going to happen if there's going to be some justice with this, um, because some well, people, are, yeah, uh, Google is suppressing the search results on this person. Uh-huh. Uh, it's not being covered at, it's got zero minutes of coverage on any of the mainstream media, at, at least today when we're recording this. So when this airs mm-hmm. Saturday, maybe, maybe more is going to come out, but, um, this is a, uh, and I just, whenever you talk about Fauci, mm-hmm. um, I, I wonder he's over 80 years old. Yes. He's, he's, he's raking in all this money. Doesn't he know he's going to be dead soon? I mean, doesn't it, you know, I mean, I feel my mortality and I'm, you know, I'm 20 years younger than him, you know, and I'm our, and I'm like, but you know, we have the fear of God, right? We know we're going to have to stand before God. Does he not know that he's going to have to stand before the King of the world Uh, (laughs) and give an account? Maybe he thinks he's God. That's, that's the dangerous place to be. But anyway, where I was going is this just this week, you had millionaires and billionaires, uh, heads of state from around the world, flying to Davos, Switzerland, right, for the World Economic Forum, which we've talked about a little bit before. But where did this guy, this Klaus whatever, come from? Sure. About five years ago, we never knew, heard of him. We, he was a crazy guy that came on the scene talking about how we're going to uh, have to eat bugs and we're going to maybe be open to the idea of cannibalism because there's a, a overpopulation. So you green, yeah. Yeah, right. And, then, and so then they passed on, like the um, then Bill Gates is in the whole population control. Well, at this thing, you have Biden there. You have the heads of state. Like I said, you have Klaus talking about this, um, the need for this one world government, this control. Well, the, lo and behold, you have George Soros there uh, pontificating. They're all in in this thing together, talking about reset and uh, uh, the next pandemic. And then Bill Gates was there talking about the next pandemic will be man-made and worse than this one. It's like they're orchestrating because the, the last time this group they think, met. They think they're bulletproof, but you know, yeah. the Lord has, uh, the Lord sent, sent many prophets to say that the next thing is going to backfire. They're going to be the ones that die. You know, yeah. I just curious about Bill Gates. You know, you brought Bill yeah. Gates up. Mm-hmm. We all know Bill Gates over here in Washington state because he was uh, associated with that company that made that little personal computer thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, um, what exactly was his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein? Has anybody yep. talked about that one yet? Why did his wife leave him because of his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein? And why is Bill Gates glad that Jeffrey Epstein, who did not hang himself, is dead? Yes, 100%. And the fact that when they asked Bill Gates on camera, this was on um, like major- 60 Minutes or something, yeah. 60 Minutes, yeah. Uh, why he uh, visited 37 times, he goes, I don't know. <laughs> you, maybe you I made a mistake. <laughs> I shouldn't have had those dinners. Oh yeah. my goodness. Or the breakfast. At um, the time, the richest man in the world going to an island uh known for pedophilia and sex trafficking. Um yeah. yeah. Anyway, and that's why his wife uh left him. Uh but what do you think? You know, it's an interesting thing that this guy wants to tell us how to live our lives, but he has absolutely no moral no moral compass now now years ago i want to say in 2014 maybe or so um kim clement who's passed mm-hmm. on now uh right. had had wow. given this thing about trump being a trumpet and gates being a gateway and so i've often looked at that and i thought okay um you know because i really had a, a an experience with the lord uh just a little while ago where i saw the lord just hugging the earth and loving the earth 
And sometimes it's easy when you're commentators like we are to think that God is mad at those other guys. But you got to remember Joshua, before he went into the battle of Jericho, he met with this the, the angel of the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. And Joshua said, are you for us or for our enemies? And he said, neither. But as commander of the Lord's armies, I've come. And so we've got to remember that God has a plan for Bill Gates. And so even though we don't like all of this stuff and whatever, but we just, we, we resist, you know, like I heard down in the, uh, at the TPUSA thing uh, in December this year, mm-hmm. they were saying, we have to become ungovernable. We just, we just say, no, we're not going to do it. Rick Joyner just released a new book uh, called the Christian's response to uh, Christian's biblical response to tyranny. And it's about the doctrine of lesser magistrates. And it's throughout the Bible that we are not to obey unjust decrees. It started with the Egyptian, uh, um, the Egyptian, uh, what do you call it? midwives, right? They, Pharaoh said, kill the babies. And they went, yep. no, nope. we ain't killing them. And God blessed them for that. Now, if they were listening to Romans 13, they would have said, well, the, we have to be in a th- under authority and we have to, we have to kill these babies. Right. right. Um, then we would have had no, no, we shouldn't have warred against Hitler. We shouldn't have told England to take a hike and start a, our own country there, you know, it's just think about it. Right. So this is right. a biblical, a biblical yes. truth, but yes. I, I just wonder if, you know, if God doesn't have a plan, so we need to be praying for Bill Gates. Um, he's, you know, you have unlimited wealth, right? He's got, you mm-hmm. know, now there's other people that are way richer than him now, but I think he's still got like 40 billion. Right. I mean, it's a lot. He's still in top five, whatever richest man in the world. Uh, even after a divorce. I mean, yes, he's got the, and the after not, he doesn't work for Microsoft anymore, right? He's gone. No. Yeah. He, he owns stock and that kind of stuff. So a lot of his wealth is tied up there. But still, his father and him, there's a history with we're starting to look at who are these world players coming on the stage right now, uh, predicting or prophesying or whatever you want to say it is, this doom and gloom, this dystopian future, if you will, uh, which is just the opposite of it's, Trump. It's, yeah. yeah, it's it's fear mongering. Yeah. Fear, fear is how they control everybody, right? Uh, when I was in Olympia, I actually took a picture of it. But all of the the legislative assistants were sitting over on on the side here to my side. Right. They all had masks on, <sighs> funky black and white, and all kind of different kind of masks. And uh, you know, nobody in the room had masks on, right? Uh, no, nobody else. None of the, none of the legislators had masks on. But all the LAs did, right? All the assistants mm, and all the employees. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I, yep. I'm like, hmm. So, mm. uh, so there is a there is a, a an element of control that comes through fear, and that's why it's so important right now. Wouldn't you agree, brother? That we we walk in faith. Mm-hmm. So I have a question for you. Uh, this is not related, but it's something I've been wanting to bring up for the show. I saw it this week, and I'm like, you know what? When we do Doug and Marty versus the world, I want to bring this up and get your your input. So last week and the week before, we talked about these documents, right? These uh, confidential documents, top secret documents found in Biden's garage and found in Biden's center, found in Biden's, you know, and so forth, right? On the heels that I knew about this before the election, but didn't bring it out until after the election, of course, on the heels of the FBI raid with Trump, all that stuff we talked about. This week, it was a weird story uh, about Mike Pence having classified documents that he self-reported in, in his study, right? And I thought, that's odd, right? And it kind of didn't make the news cycle much, but I'm like, why would Mike Pence do that? You know, and so I have a thought about this, but I wanna hear your thought. Why do you think that happened 
when it happened. Okay, so um, I think as vice president, you would have access to classified materials, right? I'm your second in line to the the president. You're the the president of the Senate, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have the power to declassify that stuff. Um, well, you know, there, Marty. I think there's a lot of classified documents. I think they're doing that on purpose. And I think it's I think we have a, a real problem of a lot of things overclassifying. You know what I mean? They like they yeah, just they classify, classify everything. Right. right. And so, so uh, having and- having a lot if you have a lot, a lot, a lot of documents, you may not have realized that, oh, my gosh, you know, I've had these in my, you know, my file cabinet. And I didn't even really realize that they were they had these classified markings or whatever mm-hmm. secret, most secret, top secret, whatever the classified markings are. So so, um, so I think that's here. probably the. I would okay. say that's probably the case with Joe Biden, although there does seem to be some nefarious stuff with the Biden, the Biden pen set, pen Biden and, center. And, and the type of files that he, the Biden had have to do with Ukraine and his son, Hunter Biden. And so there's definitely some more smoke there, but it's a specific file. It's not a batch of files, a group of files, like a trove of files like Trump had, or in this case, maybe even Mike Pence had uh, some that were, classified but they weren't specific to maybe an investigation into your son no but the impulse i got and i may be completely wrong well i think we should just throw pence in jail and then that that would just you know set the tone hold on now hold on brother i'm kidding brother yeah after the raid on trump okay on mar-a-lago right you and i both railed against this right mike pence didn't say anything mike pence didn't say oh i got classified information in my uh, thing as well. It's not a big it's deal. We true. all have. There's a lot of, you know, everything's overclassified, right? This discussion didn't come up then. It's only when the multiple troves of, of classified information and the bad news against Biden is in the news. Then he comes out and says, oh yeah, I have some too. I think softening uh, the blow on Biden. It feels to me, and I, and I like Mike Pence. I do. I don't like like the fact that him and Trump got into it, but for me, it felt off. I there's a time very, to do very it. Very swampy. It seems very swampy. Yes. Does that seem swampy to you, brother? Maybe, because I know maybe that you, maybe you should. When you think about like, the political season coming up, and there's rumor that he may run against Trump, what a way to. I love it, man. Huh? That'd be great. I would love it if Pence ran against Trump. That I would know. be so fun because uh, Trump will slaughter him. But um, what no, do you think? Though? Yeah, that's a swamp. I mean, brother, maybe we shouldn't like Mike Pence as much. You know, I, I, I kind of, you know, you know, people say people say they're with you. You know, that they're, you know, and I saw Mike Pence tweeted just a couple of days ago. Uh, I'm pro-life. I'm not ashamed of it. You know, so there's 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 elements right in every mm-hmm. in every person. Right. That we can we can say, yeah, I like that and everything else. But we're, we're not one issue, one dimensional no, people. No. Right. There's right. also problems. Mike Pence has been a politician his whole life, his whole career. And and so this felt political. This yeah. felt like, well, I can, you know, damage, the, you know, whatever. And so maybe he's got some, you know, whatever issues. So uh, I don't know. I don't know the. I don't know the guy's heart. Uh, but well, yeah, I, I agree with I you. It's, like, oh, it's, it's odd, like, brother. And the timing of it was weird. And of course, the, the news picked up on it. Of course, it may give him more in the, in the spotlight. But what they said was, well, then everybody does it. So what Biden's doing, not a big deal. It was a big deal when they raided Mar-a-Lago. 
right? And no one came to Trump's defense. And I'm not saying Trump, Trump. I'm just saying it's like the contrast, the different yeah. standards. Oh, of course, is blaring, and it's like wow. Okay, and I and and that's got to be God. I mean, yeah. God, that has to be the Lord, right? Because it it becomes really really exposed and clear. And I think that's one of the things that the Lord is is up to right now. But I want to I want to just double yeah. back to what we were. Sure. We we're talking about with Mike Pence. Like we like, you know, I like Mike, you like Mike. Yeah. But did you know that right now, 73% of Republicans in the United States are unhappy with what's happening in the Congress right now? 73%. This is a recent, I think it's a Gallup poll. 73% of you and I are saying, yes. what's the problem with Congress? In other words, they're not doing anything again. They're not there. Where's January 6th? Why didn't, why didn't they release that? What, what's the deal on, on the COVID thing? I mean, all this stuff, right? Where, where is the action again? We, we, you know, the only action we've really had was getting rid of Schiff and uh, uh, you know, off the intelligence committee. Right. And now he's going to run for uh, Senate or something. Um, And it's uh, there's a, there's a swampiness. There is a uniparty yes. thing. Yes. And, you yes. know, we kind of talked about this. Is McCarthy part of that? Well, apparently, look, look, brother, you know, today is January 28th. A month is already gone. We've yes. already burned a month of, of 20. It happened just like that, right? It just in a wink of an eye, a month Snap is gone. Yep. Right. And and so the thing we loved about Donald Trump or that I did was that he got things done. Yeah. He was fighting the Russia, the Russia gate thing. He was doing it, you know, with one hand tied behind his back or one hand with a chair and a whip fighting off the uniparty. And he's securing the borders, fixing the economy, bringing down gas prices, getting mm-hmm. peace in the middle East. Yep. Holding wow. Russia at Four. bay, holding China at bay. Four peace treaties in the Middle East, never been done in history. Yeah, I know. Appointing Uh, Supreme Court justices. Yep. You know, that's I I was I was talking to my wife uh, at lunch the other day, and she's just like, you know, we should think about retiring and this and that. And I looked at her and I said, you know, I have the same energy today that I had when I was thirty, and I feel like you know we we heard it for years. The Joshua generation, right? Did you mm-hmm. you even have Joshua one nine tattooed, you know, on your on arm, arm or something? Right. Yep. And so the Joshua generation, but people forget Joshua and Caleb, Caleb were like in their eighties. They, yeah, they were old guys, yeah. <laughs> and yet their their strength hadn't diminished. Their eyesight hadn't diminished. They said that of Moses, right? He was one hundred and twenty, still had mm-hmm. strength, still had eyes to see, ears to hear. Everything was cool with him, and and I'm not willing to uh, spend the last days of my life uh, on some beach. Now, I don't mind going to beaches. I like them. I love beaches. And uh, I don't mind taking a break now and then, but I don't, retiring something in the Bible, you know, they were were hundred years old and still having babies. Okay. In the Bible. In the old, old Testament, they're like 500 years old, 600 years old having babies. That's crazy. But yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and so, uh, and look at, you know, Nancy Pelosi, uh, Fauci and all these guys. They're in their 80s and they're still wanting to run for president and rule the world and everything. Right. Well, that's yeah, and so what and, and we and us Christians, a lot of times we're just, you know, well, you know, who's God anyway, brother? I mean, is it you or is it him? It's I him. think it's him. Yeah. But I was going to mention this earlier. 
George Soros is like 90, old. Fauci is like 80-something old. Um, Joe Biden is old, right? Most of these people that are speaking about this end of the world, you know, gloomsday control thing are really, really old. You know, not, yeah. not, nothing wrong with the old, but it's like, okay, and, and how are the youth buying into this stuff, right? And I don't it's, think they are. Well, yeah. in a way they are because there's a fatalism. Mm -hmm. That's coming upon them like, you know, eat, drink and be merry because tomorrow we die because the world's going to end or whatever. And so you have that people either they get active or they or they give up, they check out. Did you know? And uh, this is this is uh, astonishing uh, statistic, but the second biggest cause of death in young people. So from about 14 to 20 ish. OK, is suicide. That's the second biggest cause of death in young people. That's huge. Yeah. You know, before it was accidents, right? Accidents was number one. Well, accidents is still number one, but suicide is number two. So how many of those accidents are suicides, mm -hmm. right? Where mm -hmm. I just, there's no reason to live. Uh, there was a, a fatality uh, last Saturday right out in uh, front of my office building. Mm -hmm. um, I was uh, coming home from street church and I saw the street was blocked off. And then I, we, we read the news, but an 18 year old uh, kid head on collision, you know, street racing down there, whatever, right. two, uh, three other cars. The kid died, 18. He's gone. And, yeah. um, and the other three people, critical condition and all this stuff. You know, this is, this is because we're, brother, this happened on our watch. This yeah. is, our, this is yeah. our fault. I yep. take responsibility for this. For, you? Yeah, for years, watching my kids go through public education, you know, in Gig Harbor, um, about every other year, there was one of some classmates, some kid in high school in, in, uh, that would commit suicide. And it was around the same type of year um, every couple of years. And it was a tragedy. It would wreck the whole community. And they'd ask questions like, how can this be? But it seems to, to your number there, it's getting more rampant. The fact is when they are hopeless, when they're told that they're hopeless, when they're told that, you know, even like words are, are, are offensive or hurting, uh, there's no alternative. That's, that's where life comes. That's where Jesus comes in. It's hope. Hope gives you a reason to get up in the morning. Hope gives you an uh, opportunity to get over things. Now, we know uh, there are people that seem happy can be suicidal. I mean, I've had a friend commit suicide. I've had a, I've known people, known families that had kids. It's typically you can't tell. It's not they don't necessarily have depression. They don't necessarily have uh, drug issues. Uh, oftentimes, it's just someone that masks it really, really well. So we we have to be obviously in prayer, but we have to understand what's going on with the kids. What's in their diet? What are they being told? What are they being surrounded by? What what information? What are they being bombarded with in education, with TV, with the social media, brother? Um, like you said, yeah, and then you have. Life. And you yeah. have uh, other kids that do the other, you know, you have the yeah. kids that do the mass shootings or whatever, yes. or destructive behavior. And uh, yeah, we've, uh, we have a problem right now and we need to get busy. We need to get, we need to be about our father's business. The, yeah. What is happening to America is our fault. We are the salt of the world. We are the light. And uh, we, we have a job to do and it's incumbent upon us to do it. And I, you know, I think there are some political solutions, but overall, this is a spiritual battle. Yes, 100%. It's a spiritual battle. First, remember, our weapons of warfare, right, are not carnal, right? Not guns and bullets. It's spiritual, right? For the tearing down of 
powers and strongholds and kingdoms. The idea here is there is a spiritual darkness, right? We talked about, you know, ruler of the world, right? That, that Jesus defeats. We defeat in Christ Jesus, but we are the hands and feet. We're supposed to be taking the kingdom, advancing the kingdom, occupying until he returns. And so that's a call to spiritual arms, if you will, and prayer, don't you think, brother? Yeah, absolutely. And let's do it. Lord, we pray for the listeners right now, God, that you would uh, help them to be encouraged and to realize that they have a, a big role to play in 2023. I believe 2023 is going to be an amazing year. And uh, every one of our listeners is going to be blessed because they're here and they're alive and they're, they want to know, they want to serve you. Well, uh, wow. Time's up, man. It goes, time flies when you're having fun. This is Doug and Marty versus the world. You can uh, listen to a past broadcasts or contact us by going to Doug and Marty.com. And that's what they should do. Right, brother. They should do that. They should do it right now. In fact, <laughs> well, after we're done, they're getting home. <laughs> go, go to Doug and Marty.com. And, uh, you can even listen to our podcast. You can even tell your smart speaker, hey, Alexa, play Doug and Marty versus the world. And she'll do it. She's very, very good at that. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. Talk to you next week.